Hey, I'm so glad you're here. I hope this episode blesses you and speaks to you in a special way. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Welcome back to season two of Embracing Significance, the podcast. I am so excited to be back. I took a couple months off to just refresh and reset and just, you know, spend some time with the Lord and spend some time with family and friends. And I just think that rest is so important and it's definitely another topic for another day, but rest is, rest is important and implementing it in your life can just absolutely change the whole trajectory of your life, to be quite honest with you. Um, but today I'm going to be sharing about attachments and this is really special to me. Um, I love just learning about, you know, different like psychological things and how our emotions work and how our feelings work and how like our body reacts to it, but also like how the patterns and behaviors we have as like adults, like go into our childhood. Um, I just really like all of that. I'm not a psychologist or a therapist or any of that. Um, I am a mental health coach, but like I said, I'm not anything professional. Um, I just love looking into this type of stuff. And it's just super special to me because some of you know, um, if you follow my social media, if you don't, that's okay. I am expecting and I am due July 14th, which is just really exciting and we are just super blessed and that is another episode for another day. Um, But talking about attachments is really close to my heart because, you know, as all of us want to do and be, we want to be the best parent that we possibly can be and to be the best parent you possibly can be. You have to have a close relationship with Jesus, um, and you have to love. And you just also, like, knowledge is power, right? And, and wisdom is life. Like, wisdom gives you life. Like, wisdom is the key to life. God's wisdom, though. God's wisdom is the key to life. And, you know, you read about that in the, in the Bible as well, that, like, true wisdom comes from God, and if you seek it, you know, you'll, you'll harvest a life of righteousness. And it's just, it's just a beautiful and powerful thing. And so you probably heard the saying, like, I'm so attached to X, Y, or Z. Attachment is normal. Okay. Attachment is normal. And in this world, there are so many different attachments, um, that you could have to something or someone. And It's good to have a positive and healthy attachment to anything and anyone. And here in just a moment, I'm going to share the secure attachments. But today, I won't dive into the other three attachments and what they mean. Because over the next couple of weeks, this is what I will be sharing. Um, But today, I want to set the tone and I want to explain what the attachment theory is and how, you know, the Bible just backs up this theory. I was researching into attachments and here's what I found. The attachment theory. This dates back to the 1950s. 
According to psychiatrist and psychoanalyst John Bowlby, a child's early relationship with their caregivers form the way this child will approach with social interactions and relationships throughout life. This concept is relatively easy to grasp. When a baby is born, the first social bond they encounter is with their caregivers. In most cases, is the parents. This is when the child's brain, which I think is just really cool, this is when the child's brain starts to form a perception of social interactions. So if you can just pause for a minute, a minute and just really picture that. Like as soon as a baby is born, they immediately start. Like their brain starts to form a perception of social interactions. I think that is just absolutely mind-blowing. And so it continues and it says, If the child is brought up in a warm and nurturing environment where the caregivers are responsive to the child's emotional needs, a secure bond, which, friends, is what we want, um, a secure bond referred to as secure, secure attachment is formed. This child is taught indirectly that his or her emotions and needs will be recognized and that he or she will be supported, loved, and that people in general can be trusted. On the contrary, when a child perceives that his or her needs are not met, the child is not able to build a secure and stable bond with the caregivers. This leads to a distorted perception of how relationships work and the following results include these attachments. These are the distorted perceptions and really the three attachments that most of us probably have. Um, Number one is anxious, also known as preoccupied. The second is avoidant, also known as dismissive. And the third one is disorganized, also known as a fearful avoidant. If you haven't done any research into these attachment styles, I encourage you to. And even to find the one that resonates with you and just start to heal. Because, like I said, I'm going to go in depth in the next couple weeks about these attachments. And I just encourage you to tune in because, like I said, knowledge is power and wisdom is life. So, also, as you're listening... Do not feel condemned and do not feel ashamed because those are both not from God and they're just from Satan himself. And if you felt any of those, then I would encourage you to pause it and pray and then continue because it's better to know what you have now and then start to heal than it is you never knowing. And and like I said in the beginning, like this is not professional advice. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a therapist. This is just me like giving my opinion um, as well as just sharing the knowledge of what this is and then you can take it to um, whoever you need to to be able to understand it a little bit more. Continuing on, um, from what I read and my own belief from what I can see, all the unhealthy attachments have this one thing in common and it's the lack of love. And the whole gospel is based on love. Jesus commands us to love God and to love others as we love ourselves, right? 
So to the extension that we love ourselves is the extension to which our child will copy and see. It's like a copy and paste. Kids copy you. And then they paste, you know, how they've received things from you. And then they, they live their lives in accordance to how they were raised um, through these attachment styles. And I remember I was substituting for third grade and my neck was hurting me. And so I rolled it a few times and I looked to the left of my desk and I see a student and the student is rolling his neck. <laughs> and all I could do was giggle because he was watching me and did the same thing. And so now when you take these unhealthy attachment styles, I just think it's so important just to remember and to acknowledge that whatever you do and whatever you don't do, your child is noticing and they are seeing and they are like processing and (laughs) they are, they're like a computer, they're they're processing it and they're putting it in their brains and then it's going to come out in different behaviors and um, patterns as they're younger and then as they get older it just gets um, more intense and when you take these unhealthy attachment styles you will see the lack of love attention and peacefulness so when you take away like love And when you take away like attention and just the peaceful environment, what does that cause? It causes a lot of discord and chaos and and hate and just um, resentment and bitterness. And, you know, if there's no peace, then it's like, it's just chaos, right? Like if there's no peace, it's just chaos. And so if you pause for a moment and think, what does love mean to you? Like if you think for a moment, like, how have you been loved? And I know that's that's a deep question, but what does love mean to you and, and how have you been loved? And then how, how do you love others? Those three questions are important for you to answer because your answer will determine like not only like the way you see yourself, but the way you see the world as well. And then essentially like this belief has shaped you. Love is the biggest and most important character of God that will change your life. You have to meditate on it and you have to trust him and you have to believe it. You have to study it. You have to talk about it. Your motivation towards what you say and do should be founded on love. You should have an overflowing spring of love because you've experienced it and you desire to glorify and honor God. And you know, as you focus on loving the Lord and following Him and and really just, just loving Him, the desires in you will change. The desire to naturally like sin will change. And you know, we're all going to fall short. We're all going to sin, right? We're all going to make mistakes. We're all going to fail in some sort of way in our lifetime. But the difference is, is the relationship that you have with the Lord and how close you are with him, how much you love him. Because, you know, even though we fall short, we don't have to stay there. Like we don't have to keep sinning. We don't have to, um, 
keep falling, right? Like we can know that, okay, if I fall short in this area, the Lord forgives me and I'm going to turn from it and I'm going to turn the other way and I'm going to, I'm going to run the other way, right? And so as we just continue to love the Lord, he like the desire to do just ungodly things just kind of will simmer away and it's not quick. It's not an easy process and it, it'll take time. But even like before you sin or before, you know, you say something you shouldn't, you, like you'll have a conviction like within you, like there'll be a conviction, um, within you that you'll have and I also you know just believe too the closer you are with the Lord the stronger conviction you may have towards just evil things right and you know as we get closer to the Lord as well you know we we want to do things that honor and that glorify him and so another prayer that you could say is like, you know, Lord, help me to desire what you want for me and help me to love the things you love and to hate the things you hate. Now, we don't hate people, but but we hate the sin, right? Like we hate murder and we hate um, gossip and we hate anything that isn't of God. Um, and so your your prayer can be centered around Lord, help me love the things you love and hate the things you hate. Um, you're struggling to tame your tongue with gossip, you know. Ask the Lord to just put in un, like, a, like a, di- a distaste in your mouth for it. To notice when it's happening and to shut it down when it is. And so, we're going to continue, but we as parents are called by God to raise and train our children. We as wives and mothers are to set the tone in our homes and we were created to be and provide a nurturing calm soothing safe and loving environment i believe a part of a role as our husbands help me is to provide such an atmosphere where your children know they are loved seen and heard and the husband has a big part to play in this too because you know he's the head of the house and he's the husband and he's the father and you know, essentially his role as well is to um, make sure the child is loved and seen and heard. Um, and it's it's really cool how God designs husbands and how he designs wives as well as like moms and dads um, and, and how their role plays such a huge part in the, our child's lives. Um, you know, our child... Our children need to know that they can trust you and where they are loved unconditionally from an infant age all the way to adulthood. And I'm going to talk about this in another episode, but um, discipline and punishment are two completely different things that have a positive and a negative outcome and I read in a book called Boundaries by Dr. Henry Cloud and he was talking about discipline 
versus punishment and how discipline focuses on the present and um, the future and doesn't show any condemnation and shame but how um, punishment focuses on the past and is more past directed and has um, like punishing feelings where it it makes you feel condemned or judged or shamed um, for something you've done rather than discipline is supposed to be like it's not supposed to feel good but it's supposed to be there to help you change what you're doing and it's ultimately for your good Um, and Hebrews talks about that and I think that's important too you know as we raise children you know to raise them correctly in the way that ultimately shows God's love. This secure attachment is just like what Jesus talks about in Matthew 6, 25-34 and Psalms 23, 1-4 and 6. And this secure attachment is just so based on love. Like, so based on love. Like, if your child grows up with a secure attachment, like how beautiful is that? Because they are so secure in the fact that my mom and dad loves me. And even when I mess up, like they still love me. And even when I, you know, don't like measure up in the way that I feel, my mom and dad, they love me and they see me, you know, and they hear me. We are examples to our children that are born and unborn. How we love, trust, and obey the Lord will overflow onto our children. And there's scriptures about these two. Um, And it will help them build a secure attachment. Because we ourselves are securely attached to our Heavenly Father. And I just want to say that one more time because I, I just feel like, you know, when I was when I was thinking about this and meditating on this certain episode, you know, this is what came to mind to me. We are examples to our children, born and unborn. How we love, trust, and obey the Lord will overflow onto our children and will help them build a secure attachment because we ourselves are securely attached to our Father. And I think it's important to know as well How we love our children will shape how they love the Lord and how they view the Lord and how they see the Lord. And I love these scriptures that I'm about to say because they just have a really intimate place in my heart. Um, Zephaniah 3.17 says, For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. So if our Heavenly Father does that for us, that should be a goal that we as parents want to pour over our children for them. To take delight in them with gladness. That our love would calm their fears because... You know, what does a child do when they're scared? They run to their mom or they run to their dad, right? Because they know they're going to keep me safe. They're going to calm me down. They're, they're going to help me. And 
when you cultivate that, that allows your child to already have a healthy view of who God is. Um, Ephesians 3, 18 through 19 in the ICB version. And it says, And I pray that you and all God's holy people will have the power to understand the greatness of Christ's love. I pray that you can understand how wide and how long and how high and how deep that love is. Christ's love is greater than any person can ever know, but I pray that you will be able to know that love, that you can be filled with the fullness of God. So I'd encourage you to experience and get to know God's love for you. You know, it's, it's never too late. No matter if you're becoming a parent, if you're a new parent, or if you have been a parent for a while, experience God's love for yourself. So your children will know that the reason you unconditionally love them is because God unconditionally loves them. You can unconditionally love your child while disciplining them. And it's important that, you know, you deal with your attachment style so it doesn't become a trend in your family. And so I just, I just want to end this episode by just encouraging you that no matter where you are in your parenting that as long as you keep loving the Lord and trusting him and putting him first and just being the best you that you can be and being just submissive and surrendering to the Lord He's going to help you, he's going to honor you, and ultimately, he's going to bless you. And so, I just encourage you not to give up. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. I appreciate your support, and I hope this has blessed you in some way. If you know of anyone who might need this, please don't hesitate to send this to them. As always, remember, this is not professional advice, nor should be used as a replacement for any mental health help or advice professionally. If you need help, don't be ashamed to reach out.